Good morning. We had a great, great time in our prayer meeting this morning. Uh, the worship band and anyone else. I encourage you if uh, you want to join us in prayer on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. We meet in uh, that room right there. And so uh, I invite you to come and have an awesome time praying for one another and and uh, everything like that. Also on Wednesday nights at 6.30, I encourage you to come. We meet in the room in the hallway where the uh, next to the children's room, and you want to come and pray with us as well. Um, uh, prayer is so critically important, and especially in this time of transition for Wendover Hills, just invite you to come and pray with us and, and, and just know that... Uh, we are um, lifting everything up to God during this time and, and to pray for one another. And we're praying for you as well. If you uh, do fill out anything on the uh, tear-off sheets, um, that does get uh, passed to our prayer force team. And, and we do pray for you um, on Wednesday nights and, and beyond that too. So um, thank you for that. Um, I wanted to start off with this quote by Henry Cloud. He's written many leadership books and, and some other things. Um, he said this, One of the worst things you can die with is potential. If I were to relate that to the church today, I would say one of the worst things I see today is dying churches with tons of potential. Um, let me speak some words of encouragement to Wendover Hills um, for a moment here. Wendover Hills has a ton of potential. There are some very encouraging things about this church. If you walk through walk into one of our services on a Sunday morning, you're not going to feel judged. You can come as you are. I think that's a great benefit to being part of Wendover Hills. Wendover Hills is also a place where um, um, many people here have hearts for, for those who are brokenhearted as well and respond accordingly. We've seen that done time and time again. And also I believe this church truly loves Jesus Christ. This church has a ton of potential. And that's why we're doing this series called Project 316. It comes from Philippians 316 when Paul charged us to only let us live up to what we've already attained. We have a ton of potential and it's time to live up to that potential because the kingdom of God is of prime importance right now. And Project 316 can be summed up in four words. Serve, speak, share, and seek. Those are the four messages we're going to um, talk about over this series. We talked about serving last week and the importance of it and, and um, getting involved in, in whatever ministry you can get involved in because as a body of Christ, we're going to be limping without you. We need you, right? Um, as a chance to, to use your God-given gift, your talents that God has given you. God has given every single person in this room talent and gift to uh, use for his glory. Uh, this week we're going to um, talk about speak, uh, how we speak to one another, how we talk to one another, how we encourage one another. Um, have, let me ask you this question this morning. Have you ever said something that you just wish you could have taken back? <laughs> how many like this morning, right? <laughs> you know, like, um, there was a time when I was a teenager and I thought I knew it all. Uh, I was dating this girl, and I remember being at her house one day and talking to her parents. We were in this conversation, and, and as we were talking, I don't know how we got on the subject, but I was talking about how my friend, he's so polite and, and so um, respectful to every adult he'd come in contact with, he'd always say, yes, sir, or, or hello, Mr. So-and-so, or hello, Mrs. So-and-so, and I was just kind of poking fun at him 
um, in front of this girl's parents saying, yeah, I mean, why can't he just call him by the first name? I mean, what's the big deal anyway? And, and I just went off on my, you know, my own opinion about this and everything else, and we just have fun with it. And then all of a sudden, the, the, girl's, um, the girl that I was dating, her dad turns to me and says, well, I, I like that. I think that's really respectful. And I actually would prefer you call me Mr. Lumen. <laughs> And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, my face was just flushed. And I was just, you know, it's one of those things that uh, uh, was not maybe, I was just speaking careless words, just jabber, 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 jabber. And I, and I think uh, one thing that plagues many churches today is the issue of speaking careless words to one another. Because it often damages the body of Christ. And it splits churches faster than anything else. Uh, careless words remind me, of this old toy, the chattering teeth, right? We just wind ourselves up, wind ourselves up, wind ourselves up, and then all of a sudden we just kind of just let it go, don't we? Have you ever felt like that before? And you know, the thing is, uh, it's fun to play with. This toy is very fun to play with. I'm going to give it to my daughter uh, after the service. She, she wanted it before the service. But, but the thing is, it's fun to play with, but in real life, it can cause so much pain and, and so much heartache. We just allow it to aimlessly, our words flow out of our mouth without putting any care into it. Actually, the Bible says in Proverbs 18:21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue is um, such a powerful instrument. I want you to turn to the book of James, chapter 3, because James paints three vivid uh, pictures of the power and influence of the tongue. James chapter 3, it's after Hebrews. And just to, to see, just to start off with the power of the tongue, one of the smallest parts of your body, the tongue itself. He gives us three illustrations right off the bat. In verse 3, James says, we, when we put bits into the mouths of horses, to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. And evidently, after talking to Tempe, there, there, are, there are different sizes of bits for the different sizes of horses. Is that correct? Yeah. Just a bit would turn the horse. Or take ships as an example. Although they are very large, or so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. And then here's the one that's kind of jumps out at me. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. I mean, the, the, the tongue, this little instrument can cause all of that, a world of evil. And even it goes on to say here in verse 7 through 8, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea have, are being tamed and have been tamed by men, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Have you ever considered your tongue to be that way? Have you ever read these verses and never thought about that? Your tongue is full of evil full of poison. It's almost like your tongue is being caged in by your teeth and your lips, unless you're missing some teeth. But it is being caged in, and it is just like a line ready to just 
pounce out and just splutter all these types of words. And it says no man can tame it. But we can do something to watch out how we put what we put into our words because it's critically important, especially within the body of Christ. It's full of deadly poison. What are the deadly poisons today that, um, that we struggle with in our relationships that the tongue is just ready to, to lash out at? Gossip is one of them. You know, talking about other people's business when we know we shouldn't be. Character assassination. Slandering somebody. Talking hate talk about them. Prideful talk. Perversity. Dirty jokes at work. These things, whatever it may be. These words, it's full, this tongue is full of deadly poison. And if we unleash it without protecting or, or caring for it, it is going to cause some damage. And it causes ruin in our, in our lives as well. Um, so it's no wonder that in, in verses 9 through 12, we see that here's the big issue, and it's the inconsistent tongue. James says, verse 9, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. And then he asks some questions here. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? What do you think? No. My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives? No, no. Or a grapevine bear figs? No. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. In other words, it just doesn't make sense. It's inconsistent. It's the inconsistent tongue that needs some consistency. Matter of fact, James chapter 1, if you flip back a couple of chapters there, verse 26 says, If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue... He deceives himself, and his religion is worthless. The power of the tongue. Why do we need consistency with what we say, what we speak, and how we say it? Because of verse 9 here. Let me read that for you again. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. That last part needs to stick with you forever. Who have been made in God's likeness. If you're a human being, which I assume all of you are, you have been made in God's likeness. And so is the person that you talk bad about. Let that truth sink in for a moment. The person that you just talked bad about this week or this past month or this past year has been made in God's likeness as well. In James's day, it was common for a king to set up a statue in the city, and this statue would reflect um, his appearance. If anyone insulted or cursed that statue, they would treat it as if that person set it to his face, to the king's face. And the reason is because that statue was made in the image of the king. And you see, insulting a person made in God's image is like insulting God himself. And um, it has no place in our lives. And we need more consistency. If we're going to have more consistency in our talk, it's got to be more in love and truth and grace, not in hateful speech, 
not in putting others down, not in gossip, and not in prideful talk. But I think what's, what uh, James chapter 3 is really saying here is that anything other than the Holy Spirit filling our hearts will generate worthless words to be spoken. Let me repeat that. Anything other than the Holy Spirit filling our hearts will generate worthless words to be spoken. Because our mouth doesn't just speak words randomly. It comes from what's inside here, doesn't it? Uh, actually, uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 45, Jesus picks up on this. He says, The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man evil, brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. So what are you storing in here is the biggest question. What are you putting in here? So from prime, prime importance here. So, what, so we've got this tension here is, okay, how we speak and what's in our hearts. So what do we do with this restless, poisonous evil of a tongue? If we can't tame it, what do we got to do with it, right? I would suggest putting spiritual orogel on it. If you know it, now, have, you, have anybody ever tasted orogel before? I've got this baby orogel that we've been putting on Ethan's gums for a while because he's teething. And he loves that stuff. He smiles like every time we put it on him. I don't know if you've had that experience before. But I'm like, I wonder what it tastes like because this stuff is powerful. I'm putting it in my baby's mouth, right? So I put just a little dab on it like it says, but instead of putting it on my gums, because I, I have teeth, you know. So I put, I, put, um, I put it on my tongue. This is what I do for spare, um, in my spare time. It's fun. Um, no, I'm joking. But I put it on my tongue, and that little dab, of, it numbed my entire tongue. I couldn't hardly speak. I was drooling. It was horrible. I was like, this stuff is powerful. And even though we can't tame this wild tongue within us, we've got to do something to subdue it. And if we're going to do anything with that, the Bible says, here's a couple things that you want to apply to your life. One of them is to guard your heart. The other one is to hold your tongue. The Bible says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. It matters what you're putting in here and what you're guarding Think about what you're watching throughout the day. Think about what you're listening to throughout the day. Think about the thoughts that you're thinking throughout the day. Because the stuff that you store in here and here and here, you are, it's eventually going to come out. Just take the, the, the stub toe approach, the test. Go and stub your toe. You know what that's like. All of a sudden, everything that's in here comes out, doesn't it? Whether it's bad or whether it's good. It's a thank you, Jesus, or it's a bleep, bleep, bleep. All right? But it tells you exactly what's in here, doesn't it? It catches you by surprise. And that's what happens in our conversations with people. And that's critically important of how we talk to each other, one, and one another in the church as well, of being a part of the body of Christ. So guard your heart. Ephesians 5.18, when it talks about the will of God, it says, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. When you're filling yourself with the Spirit, you don't just fill yourself with all the other junk, do we? Then what comes out of our mouth is going to be pleasing to Him, to, to God. It's going to glorify Him. It's also going to benefit the person that's receiving that as well. Instead of speaking careless words, we can speak words with care. Guard your heart. The second thing is hold your tongue. Proverbs 10:19 says, When words are many, right? Sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Just hold your tongue. Just, everybody do this. All right, it'd be fun. Don't worry, we're all professionals here. 
Just take out your tongue and guess and hold it. Now it's hot as hawk. Can you talk? You're wise. You're wise. You're all wise. You're all wise, all right? It's great. It's a great practice. Think about that. Next time you open up your mouth and you're going to say something negative, hold that tongue. Stay silent. Remember the Bambi treatment? If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all, right? That's not in Scripture, but I mean, it says right here, he who holds his tongue is wise. And Romans 6.13 says this, if you've never thought of your tongue like this, we normally look at this passage as, you know, treating their other parts in such a way, but think about this. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. If you guard your heart, if you hold your tongue, you're going to use it now for when you speak as an instrument of righteousness instead of wickedness. Why? Because everyone that you're talking to was made in the image of God. Always remember that. They're made in the image of God. Just look around. Every single person in this room was made in the image of God. If we were all to use our tongue, I mean, just imagine this. If, if every single person in this church used their tongue for, as a tool of righteousness, what it would look like. It would be a powerful thing, wouldn't it? Um, recently, I was in the airport, and I, I was able to observe this man that was coming in on a, in, a, in a wheelchair. He was quite a bit overweight. Um, his hair was all straggly and, and uh, didn't, didn't smell as very pleasant either or whatever. As he was coming through, this, uh, through, coming through the airport, it was like 5.30 in the morning. All right? I had an early flight. And um, as he's coming in, he's one of those people that you just know people are going to stare at. You know what I mean? It's just one of those people that you just know people are going to stare at. They're going to talk about this and that and the other. And I'm just sitting there observing this whole thing. He comes up and he rolls up right beside me and he's got his newspaper. And, and um, he was reading the newspaper. I was reading something else as well. It's 5.30 in the morning, right? And there's other people around. Then all of a sudden he's done with his newspaper and he, he just gently asked me, would you like to read the newspaper? I'm finished with it. I don't have anything else to do with it. And I was like, I was like no, thank you, but I appreciate it. And uh, then all of a sudden I start to see him roll around. I mean, there's, there's got to be like 20, 30 people in the room. He rolls around to the, about almost every single person and just offers them nicely. Would you like to read the newspaper? Would you like to have this? You can have it. I'm finished with it. And, and the, the just sincerity of his speech and the love within the tone of his voice, I don't know if he was a Christian or not, but I'm like, man, if he is, he's representing Christ to the fullest. Went around to every single person, and he lit up the room. Every single, everybody was just like, it just, it's 5.30 in the morning, people are dragging everything else. Suddenly people are smiling. This guy is like lighting up the room, right? And it's like, what, what would it look like in the church if we just took that approach, you know? I mean, just... Somebody starting that to where you, you just, just lighten up people's life by giving words of encouragement, words full of life instead of, instead of death, right? Words that are encouraging instead of words that are bashing. Words that are, that are pleasant instead of words that are, that are negative. You know, words that are going to um, um, really glorify our Father in heaven. If you could think back to a time when someone spoke into your life that inspired you and encouraged you. It sticks with you for a long time, doesn't it? Words stick, don't they? Words have impact. It's powerful. The tongue is powerful. But it also can be used for evil, but we want to use it for good. So think about that the next time. Go and do the same to one another. Um, think about this. Always remember what it said here in James that 
Um, every single person here is made in the image of God. And so as you speak to someone, speak as if you're speaking to the face of Christ. That's powerful, isn't it? And every single person you talk about or talk to, think about how you use that tongue of yours. Use it for good, not for evil. All right? If you would uh, bow your heads with me this time. Father God, we, uh, we thank you that you have given us a voice in this world. And we pray, Father, that we would use that voice to communicate love and truth and grace. It even says that you came full of grace and truth. Father, may we use our tongue as instruments of righteousness and not of evil. We've got enough evil things going on in this world. The church has got to be a place where it's safe. A place where people can feel like they belong. A place where they're going to receive encouragement and truth. And I pray, Father God, that uh, we would take the, the practicality of James chapter 3 and put it into our lives today. That even if we go out to eat here in a little bit and go to a restaurant and somebody messes up our order or this and that and the other, that we wouldn't speak words of evil. We either hold our tongue or we guard our heart by the way that we speak. I pray that as we get into the car and maybe the kids are fussing and they're hungry and they're tired, that again, we either hold our tongue or we speak words that are pleasant to you, Lord. We're all made in the image of God. And may we take that seriously today. We thank you, Father God, for giving us a voice to use for your glory. And may we use it for that purpose. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Will you stand?